Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to the Profit Podcast, everything NFL and fantasy football related all season long with your host, Calvin Wright. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Profit Podcast. Now you heard it on the lo-fi hip-hop beats to chill and study to. It is me, your host, Calvin Wright. So today it is the week seven five-player podcast, and we're going to be talking about, you guessed it, nine players uh yeah i just figured you know it's a mid of the season this is where champions are made so i'm gonna who cares if it's called the five player podcast i'm gonna talk about more than five players because well because i can so we're just gonna start it off right off the bat number one player i was asked about aaron jones now this came as no surprise you know he had the four touchdowns against dallas and then yeah we all know what happens <laughs> so aaron jones he was actually my favorite sell-high candidate last week after the Dallas game. And let me explain when you should sell high, because I hear it misused a lot. People, after just a big game, someone's, oh, you should sell them high. No, selling high. You sell high if a player plays at their ceiling or uncharacteristically well, and if there's a real reason to believe that he will regress a lot. So... For example, Christian McCaffrey, let's say, puts up 50 points. That is his ceiling, but there's really no reason to expect him to drop a dud the next week. You know, maybe he'll regress and put up only 25 points, but there are players who consistently perform at or near their ceiling. Aaron Jones, he's not one of them. Over his career, we have seen Jones, he puts up huge games only to be put in a timeshare the next week. And the split between Williams and Jones wasn't really unexpected for me coming off the concussion with Williams. But Jones, he took his chance of putting uh, the, the doubters of Williams or the doubters of the timeshare, he took his chance of proving them wrong and he crumpled it up. He looked the coach Lafleur in the eye and he threw his chance in a garbage can and then lit the garbage can on fire. It was not a good day for Aaron Jones. He dropped the touchdown, easy touchdown, big touchdown that would have really made the game maybe not come down to awful penalties. And then he fumbled as well. An awful fumble wasn't even hit. So he was outperformed by Williams. Williams got on the field, and he was essentially batnched. So I expect, you know, a bit of a, re- a rebound, of course. I don't think he's going to be dropping touchdowns and fumbling every game. But I also expect this to be more of the norm for Aaron Jones. Let's say there's a spectrum. Week four is ceiling. This is closer to the floor. I think this is more of the m- norm for Aaron Jones rest of season. So I-, I think he's a weekly RB2 at this point. And he has upside, of course. But if you can still trade him to someone who believes he's an RB1 who still believes that he's going to be more on the side of the spectrum as his Dallas game, I would do so immediately. 
If not, I'd, you know, hold on to, oh, sorry. I'd hold on to Aaron Jones and just keep him as an RB2 with upside. Uh, but, you know, he's not going to see these huge weeks unless Williams disappears again. And you don't want to hope for an injury, but that's where we are with Aaron Jones. He's not going to put up huge games unless Williams somehow vanishes. So that is, that's Aaron Jones for, that's my outlook on Aaron Jones. Sorry, those are my notes. I, yeah, I can't do all of this off the top of my head. So let's go into the next player, Michael Gallup. Gallup, now he put up a dud this past week against the Jets. I, I'm really, I'm not worried though. Gallup, he still recorded seven targets and he was on the field for over 90% of the Cowboys offensive snaps. The Cowboys, they should be able to get on track this week against a really struggling Eagles team. It's kind of the the battle of the two struggling teams that we thought were going to be good. But but with the good rush defense and the awful secondary that Philadelphia has, a lot of the Cowboys' offense, it's going to have to go through the air. Amari Cooper, he's questionable this week, which is, that should boost Gallup's involvement even more. And with week eight, the week eight bye coming up, I, I doubt Cooper plays this week. It's not a structural injury. He's just in a lot of pain. So I don't I would I am not expecting Cooper to play this week. He may, but I that's not where I am, at least in my mindset. I, I would start Gallup with confidence this week. And then week nine he gets to play the Giants, which that's any fantasy owner's dream when your wide receiver or running back or quarterback or defense or tight end gets to play the Giants. But after that, I would I try to sell him high, and I just talked about that, but his schedule, it gets really tough down the stretch, and that's we have real reason to believe he'll regress a lot. So after the bye, the Cowboys, they face the Vikings, Lions, Patriots, Bills, Bears, and Rams, who just acquired Jalen Ramsey. So yes, he gets Philadelphia in Week 16, but if you're banking on Michael Gallup, Week 16 is going to be too late with that down the season, down the stretch matchups. It's it's not going to be good for Michael Gallup. It's not smooth sledding. Not smooth sailing, I think is the correct term. It's not smooth sailing or smooth sledding. I would try to sell Michael Gallup high after the uh after the game against uh Giants, yeah. So that's that's Michael Gallup. Moving on to DeAndre Hopkins. It seems like every week I get asked about DeAndre Hopkins and every week I say this is the last time you can buy DeAndre Hopkins low, and yet here we are. Uh, so DeAndre Hopkins, he's been one of the most frustrating players this year. Unlike Juju Smith-Schuster or the other busts, there's really no no real reason for his poor numbers. He didn't lose his quarterback. The offense isn't bad. They're you know better than ever, but he's been scoring enough points that you can't quite bench him. But you're very disappointed every week, apart from the uh, week one performance where he finishes the number five receiver. He's averaging a finish at about 30, the 30th wide receiver. So I've been on the buy loan train for a while, as I just mentioned. But it seems like each week, you know, I tell you Hopkins, he's going to break out and then he does nothing. So what is wrong with Hopkins? The answer, it's actually kind of simple. Hopkins, he's on the field. He's being targeted. He's catching the ball. However, he's not getting many yards or touchdowns, which... Is kind of the point of fantasy football. So last year, here's it's interesting. Last year, he ranked 44th in the league in uh, yards per reception, which is pretty good when you factor in all those guys who, you know, have some big plays early. You know, not but but among the good good wide receivers, that ranks very high. This year, he's 88th. So he is on track for a slight decrease in targets and receptions, but he's on track for 500 fewer yards and six fewer touchdowns. Will this change? I have no idea. I can't tell you it will. It hasn't yet. 
but there isn't really any explanation as to why he's not scoring, which is where my mindset is, is that why you should buy him, because there isn't a reason. And logically, he should be producing big numbers like he always has throughout his whole career. But So I do think it will change. Is he going to be the number one wide receiver on the year? I really doubt that. It's it's too late at this point unless he pulls a Will Fuller. But he can still finish as a high-end wide receiver, maybe even top five. That's where I think he'll finish. So I think I think if you can try to trade for him, I would do so. I'm not going to tell you this is the game he breaks out, but I think it's going to be now sooner than later. And if you can have him down the stretch for the playoffs and he's already broken out and you don't have to give up a lot for him, then uh, yeah. So talking about players you don't have to well okay sorry if you're buying low I always say buy low on this guy here's someone to sell high on try to make it a nice smooth segment but I can't talk well so Terry McLaurin aka scary Terry he has been phenomenal and you probably picked him up for free after week one now I'm a huge fan of scary Terry and I uh, I have him in a lot of leagues I generally believe in his ability and long term I think he could be a star however the only thing scary about Terry right now are his matchups. I'm not going to try to tell you, McLaurin, he's not good, but I just want to highlight his upcoming schedule and situation. Terry McLaurin, he takes on the 49ers this week, one of the most dominant defenses in the league. Then he gets to face the Vikings on a short week, that's a Thursday night game, and then he plays the Bills, and then a bye. So it's four straight weeks where McLaurin will most likely be shut down. And if he scores, he's probably going to be doing that damage on your bench. You're not going to be starting Terry McLaurin against the Bills. He he finishes the season with some tough but not you know crazy matchups. And then he finally gets two plus matchups in the last two weeks. But just like Michael Gallup, who I mentioned Gallup, who I mentioned earlier, it'll probably be too late. Right now, McLaurin, he's coming off another big week, 100 yards and two touchdowns, and we all owe him a big thanks. So thank you, Mary, Terry McLaurin, because you gave us a big opportunity to sell you high. He only saw four receptions, and he produced enough for you to be able to trade him for great value. McLaurin, he's a great player, but he's on a team that revolves around uh, Grandpa Adrian Peterson and Case Keenum and I don't think he'll be able to continue producing as he is. So if you can package Terry McLaurin and some other guy, Terry McLaurin and Michael Gallup after these two big games, if you can package him for DeAndre Hopkins, I would do so immediately. That's an example of a trade. Uh, so let's move right on to another player who's very disappointing, uh, just like DeAndre Hopkins, Juju Smith-Schuster. It, it's ugly. It really is. Um, try to trade him for what you can. I don't think you're going to have uh, much luck trading him at this point, and I don't really think he's going to have a big second-half bounce back. And his floor, it's as low as one point as we saw last week. I don't think he should be in your starting lineup unless he has a very plus matchup. Uh, it's really unfortunate. He's a great player, and you spend a high pick on him. I have him in a couple leagues, and it hurts. But the Pittsburgh passing game, it's fallen apart completely due to injuries. And unless uh, Mason Rudolph comes back after this bye week as just a completely new quarterback, a new person, I don't think Juju will be very relevant this season. Now, he does have some plush matches matchups after this bye, thankfully. He gets to face Arizona and Miami and some other bad defenses. But I would personally try to sell him if he explodes after the bye week against Miami. But if you can't, just hold on him, be disappointed, and play him based off the matchups if it's looking good. But that's, that's Juju Smith-Schuster. It's going to be an ugly season, I think. And... Yeah, I don't think you're going to get much value trading for him. 
So let's move right on. Jameson Crowder and Robbie Anderson. I was asked about both of these, and I thought, you know, they're on the same team. Let's just put it together. So Jameson Crowder, Robbie Anderson. I love both of these players the rest of the season. Darnold is back, and this looks like the best Jets offense I've ever seen. <laughs> Sorry. Anyways, <laughs> uh, Jamison Crowder, I expect him to be a PPR machine. In games with Darnold this season, he's seen 9 and 17 targets. He doesn't have the upside that Anderson does, but he should be a very, very safe play in PPR formats, especially with the Jets' upcoming schedule. Now, Robbie Anderson, his teammate, he is someone I was very high on coming into the season. Unfortunately, the Jets, they uh, they lost all of their quarterbacks. And shockingly, the past game suffered. But Darnold, he is back. <laughs> Darnold's back and better than ever. I said that. Very enthusiastic because I'm enthusiastic. Anderson is his go-to deep guy. You could get him off the waivers. We just saw this past week. Anderson, he took in a 90-yard t- touchdown. It only takes one play for Anderson to get going and win you your week. So I would try to roster him if at all possible. He's got the Patriots this week, uh, you, and then the Jaguars. Eh. But then he gets Miami, the Giants, the Redskins, the Raiders, the Bengals, and then the Dolphins again. So the Jets, they are about to go on a tear. And both Anderson and Crowder, they are going to be fantasy gold. Let's go on another receiver. I think the last wide receiver of the day, Alan Lazard. Uh, Lazard, Lizard, I think it was Lazard. So Alan Lazard, he burst onto the scene late Monday night. And fantasy owners everywhere, including myself, were wondering, who's this guy? So a little background on Lazard is needed. Before Monday night, he had one target, one reception, and seven yards in his career. Yet, when Rodgers needed a play the most, he went to Lazard. So yes, the Packers, they were without any wide receivers, really. But Lazard seems to already have earned Rodgers' trust, and that is very important on the Packers. As a Packers wide receiver, I'd say that's maybe the single most important thing. So I don't really know how to feel about Lazard rest of season, since we have such a small sample size, but he's definitely worth rostering. And I think he could have a great showing this week against Oakland. And then he has another game against Kansas City where I think he could have a huge game. And the return of Devontae Adams, it's iffy right now. We're not really sure when Adams is coming back. And Rodgers, he needs weapons he can trust. And Lazard, he may be the guy in Green Bay for now. So that is the end of the the wide receivers. And now we're going to go on to some of the running backs I was asking about. I know I already talked about Aaron Jones, and I know he's a running back. My notes were just out of order. So, uh... Yeah, let's talk about David Montgomery. So David Montgomery, he has been very disappointing this season. Now, I've talked about him before, but we were expecting him to inherit this workhorse role, and that simply has not happened. More concerning, he just hasn't looked that good. Now, I've watched most of his runs, and no, he's not awful. He's not bad. But there wasn't any point where I spit on my drink and went, Whoa! That was the best two-yard carry I've ever seen! So this week, it's very important in my opinion. This is a very important week for the Chicago Bears and especially David Montgomery. I I haven't fully given up on Montgomery yet, but coming off the bye, there is this chance that the Bears, they've made adjustments, they've watched the film and said, oh, we need to get this guy the ball, and they've decided to get more involved. If this happens, Montgomery, he has huge upside. Uh, We all know that, but if it doesn't, he's a flex play with touchdown upside, and it's disappointing but that's where we are with David Montgomery. Hopefully, the second half of the season is a different tale. I have him in a lot of leagues, and I believed in him. I'm sorry if I told you to draft him, and you did, but that's where we are right now. He's a flex play with upside. Hopefully, things change. 
So this is the last player we are going to be talking about. Carrion Johnson. Carrion Johnson, he's been pretty disappointing. Right now, he's averaging over two yards per carry less than last year. He has only topped 50 rush yards once this year. Now, there are a lot of points and narratives here. You can blame the coaching. You can say, he isn't getting enough volume. You can say, he isn't making the most of his touches. Or you can just blame the blame them pulling him on the goal line. But in my opinion, all of these are true. Kerryon Johnson, he isn't getting the volume we hope for. He's certainly not making the most of his touches. He's on track for under 100, 1,000 rush yards. And his yards per carry, it's in the low threes, which is very inefficient. But moreover, the Lions, they don't seem to have much faith in him on the goal line. He only has two rushing touchdowns this season. You know, that may be because he fumbled the game away against Kansas City. Uh, so, here's the main thing, though. It doesn't matter why he's not performing. He's not. Face the fact. Kerryon Johnson, he hasn't broken into this RB1 range like we'd hoped he would. And it's hard to consider him an RB2. I don't expect this to change, really. I think he may pick up the pace a bit, but I think Johnson, right now, he's an RB3, or flex, with upside, of course. If, if they start giving him the ball and he starts running well, which is the narrative you always hear, sure, he'll be great, but that can be said for pretty much every player. I think we need to get over this draft day expectation of what Kerryon Johnson is and accept Kerryon Johnson for who he is right now which is not a great fantasy option. And we have enough of a sample size of Kerryon Johnson playing with Matt Patricia that we know there's a good chance this doesn't change. This may just be who Kerryon Johnson is. He may be limited by coaching, and he may not be as efficient as we hoped. And this is coming from a guy who right now is wearing a Kerryon Johnson jersey. So this is a little depressing to say. I have him in a lot of leagues. I have him in a keeper league, but he's not doing it right now. So I, we may be able to trade him because he has some name recognition. He's loved by a lot of people. Uh, but at this point, I don't think you're going to get enough value for it to be worthwhile. So I would just keep him for now and just hope that something changes. He starts, you know, if he can average 4.4 yards per carry like he did last year, he's going to be great. But I'm not banking on it. I'm not expecting that. So that's where I where I am on Carrion Johnson that's where I am on all of these players. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope it uh, was a little educational for you, and I hope I answer your questions or thoughts. You, and yeah, I just hope this is what you wanted. And if it's not, too bad. All right, thank you for listening to the Profit Podcast. As always, make sure you follow on Instagram. Ask me questions, starts and sits. I uh, do a lot of. I get to. I think every every question every week actually so yeah make sure you follow that make sure you subscribe on here and leave a, a review on apple Podcasts. so thanks for listening thanks for the support i'll see you all on friday with the starts and sits